Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch. I'm Sam McCall and I'm flying solo this week just to give you some of my thoughts on the current situation in the world and how it applies to the eight areas of our life. And over the last couple of weeks, I keep coming across a lot of people who say, I can't wait for things to return to normal, or I can't wait to get back to normal. But it begs the question, what is normal? And is this coronavirus a message from the universe, a message from Mother Earth to return us to normal? And are we actually ignoring that message by returning to what we think it's normal? Or what is normal, or rather what our life was before this coronavirus, could it be considered normal? Or was it really abnormal and nature is trying to return us back to normal? You know, is consumerism, consumption, materialism, is that normal? You know, is eating foods out of season, is that normal? Is working in a concrete building skyscraper for eight hours in the day, is that normal? Is, you know, going to a casino to gamble, is that normal? Look, I'm an entrepreneur and please don't misinterpret any of my messages on today's podcast as socialism or anti-capitalism. I'm as capitalist as they come. And I don't like labels because not everyone is a Republican or a Democrat. Not everyone is a, you know, Labor voter or a Liberal voter. You know, throw all labels out the window because we have conservative views on some things and liberal views on others. And when it comes to where this earth was heading and how we were living our life with an addiction to technology, with total distraction you know, day-to-day distraction where families were not focused on each other, where the first thing you do every morning is look at your phone rather than look at your partner's face and say good morning and hug them, where our addiction to speed was destroying our enjoyment for life. You know, I've had experts on this podcast tell me that when you're not living in the moment, you're not actually alive. When you are always stuck in your past, when you are always analysing things in the past or ruminating over the past, you're not living in the present. When you're worried about the future, you're not living in the present. And that's not life. That's not living. That's that's being unconscious. So, you know, is the way of life that we were used to before this coronavirus normal? I believe in a lot of ways it was abnormal. And some of the things that we are now forced to do I think is a return to normal. So, you know, I'm not saying that everything we did before this coronavirus was completely abnormal, but I'd say a lot of it was. So I'm here to tell you that, you know, if we go through the eight areas of life, starting with health, right, I want you to question everything we did before this coronavirus and ask yourself, was it normal? For example, let's look at the three pillars for health, exercise, nutrition and sleep were those three things normal beforehand so i don't consider exercise in a gym normal i don't playing sport is normal you know doing gardening and functional movements is normal you know dance 
is normal. But, you know, having to work out in a gym, in air conditioning, under fluorescent lighting, I don't consider that normal. And what we're now forced to do is exercise at home. Now, our form of exercise at home at the moment looks like it's dance, it's gardening, it's going for, you know, bushwalks. Now, I consider those things normal. Now, let's look at the second pillar, and that is nutrition. You know, people who exercise very hard in the gym, who are chasing a particular body shape, they want to be chiseled, they are consuming a lot of calories. So what, what's happening is that they're spending a lot of time in the gym, burning a lot of calories, and then they're having to eat a lot of food to, you know, albeit highly engineered foods, high protein, low carb, keto, and all these fads. Now, that's not normal. That is, I can tell you, exercising more and then having to eat more is not normal. So why not exercise less and eat less? You know, functional movements don't burn too much calories, but do make you stronger. The other thing when it comes to nutrition is, is eating foods out of season? Is that normal? It's not normal. So a lot of us are having to return to either growing our own vegetables or eating foods from, you know, local growers or uh, what we're doing from, uh, from farmers markets. And it's foods that are in season. Now, I think that is a return to normal. And it's a good thing. So let's look at the, the third pillar of health, and that is sleep and relaxation. A lot of us are actually having to sleep more now because a lot of us are working from home. We're not spending you know, half an hour to an hour commuting each day. And that extra time we're using to sleep more or relax more. Now, I think that is a return to normal. So for every part of your life that has been impacted by this virus, I want you to consider that it's actually been impacted in a positive way. And when it comes to health, my message to you is that hang on to this. Whatever new habits you've developed for exercising, for eating, for sleeping and relaxing, hang on to those. Don't return to the pre-coronavirus way of doing those things because I think they were abnormal. So sleeping anything less than seven and a half hours a day is abnormal for you. So, okay, that's the, that's the tree of health. I'm using the, um, the eight trees of life from my book, A Higher Branch, and that's the framework that's, that is a foundational framework for our community, A Higher Branch. So tree of health, consider what you're doing now as normal. Now let's look at the tree of love. And what did we do before this coronavirus? Did we spend as much time with our partners? And what did we do? to bond with our partners. So we went out to restaurants. Okay, now compare that with cooking at home together, eating together at home rather than in a restaurant, you know, being distracted by other people. So what is normal? I think what we're doing now is a lot more normal than what we did before. Uh, in the Tree of Love, what are the other things that you're currently doing that we didn't do before for entertainment? We are now reading to each other. We are now watching, you know, comedies together at home and talking about them. And, you know, we are spending time meditating together or exercising together or going for walks together, bonding. And I can tell you in my household, that is making us, that is bringing us closer together. Now, I do hear of instances out there where there's actually a lot more friction with couples and it's causing a lot more conflict. And in some countries, it's causing a spike in divorce. 
Now, is that normal or is that abnormal? I, I think it's actually, you know, the this coronavirus is forcing us to take a hard look at our relationship. And yes, in some relationships, it's actually highlighting the dysfunction. And in some cases, yes, it is leading to a breakup. But is that a normal thing or an abnormal thing? I think it's a normal thing because it's bringing to a head what is broken. But for, for some relationships, it's bringing to a head some things that need to be resolved in that uh, in that relationship. And rather than the relationship dying a slow death, you know, i.e. pre-coronavirus, it's bringing it to a head and it's making couples face those issues in the relationship and forcing them to actually resolve it. And very soon uh, I will be having Dr. Jen Mann on this uh, program to talk about what is happening to relationships and how relationships can actually uh, flourish during this time. So again, do we really want to return to what we consider normal pre-coronavirus? Because I consider a lot of those things abnormal that we were doing in a relationship. You know, rushing around being busy in our own lives and not paying attention to the relationship pre-coronavirus was abnormal. Now, let's look at the family unit. Again, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I want to return to normal. Well, what was normal before the coronavirus? Waking up, rushing to prepare food for your kids, so to rush them off to get to school, and then you're rushing from here, there, and everywhere with extracurricular activities, not really bonding with your kids. Compare that to what's happening now. In our household, we're actually, you know, uh, not only are we sleeping more in the morning, but that extra time we have in the morning from rushing around, getting dressed and getting stuck in traffic. Now, we're using that to nourish ourselves with a healthier breakfast. We're using that to talk more to our kids. And I don't know about you, but I'm spending a lot of time now, you know, with my daughter talking about her homework, taking an interest in you know her school activities and i can tell you i was doing that before but not as much as i am now and we are definitely closer together and she's sharing you know her topics at school you know she's sharing the assignments that she has to do you know we're watching youtube videos together on some of these topics we're talking economics we're talking uh you know business studies we're talking legal studies we're talking politics and i think it's fantastic you know, this is a time that's bringing families together. And I think we should not return to the pre-coronavirus abnormal. Now, I don't know what that will look like. Now, uh, will that mean, you know, that students study more at home? Will that mean more Zoom meetings uh, or video conferencing? I certainly hope so. I, I would like to see a changed world when it comes to education after this coronavirus outbreak is, un, uh, is will come under control. And I think it will come under control. So if you are concerned about, you know, your wealth, and we'll, we're going to talk about wealth. If, you're gonna, if you are concerned about the world and your, your health in this world, don't be, because we are going to return to a time where we are not going to have to worry about the health impacts. A vaccine will come. Immunity will come. And we, humanity will press on. But I think it can press on with 
a different way of living, with a different way of learning, with a different way of working, with a different way of loving, with a different way of parenting. So I don't want us to go back to normal when it comes to all those things that I just mentioned. Now, let's look at work, you know, the tree of work. And I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I employ people, I have colleagues, I have customers, and I can tell you that the measures that we have taken as a result of the coronavirus has made us more bulletproof. Even before this coronavirus, I've been telling people for many years, always have six months of savings put aside in any business that no matter what happens, if it's a pandemic, an earthquake, you know, a flood, a tsunami, whatever it is that wipes out your ability to operate, that you can see through six months of living and working. Now, for a lot of people that did not heed those sort of messages, this coronavirus is a wake-up call for next time. So are we going to return to what we consider normal operating conditions? Well, I hope not. I hope that the world, the working world, will look very different. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that the working world will allow a lot more people to work from home. Why? Because it will improve their health. It will improve their relationships. It will improve their parenting. So work is a supplement to our personal life. Work should complement our personal life, not strip it away, not compromise it. So I don't want to return to normal or abnormal as it was. You know, people who are traveling more than 20 minutes to get to work should not have to come into work every day. And every employer out there should use their best means, their best endeavors to actually allow for people to work from home as much as they can. And that should allow you to reduce your footprint, you know, if you rent a space. It should allow you to reduce the consumption of a lot of things at work. So my business has been transitioning more and more to paperless, to digital, to improve the customer experience, to allow people to work from home and to reduce the cost. So business has to be very clever in all in all industries, even if it's hospitality. Uber Eats has really transformed uh, that space for um, hospitality industries, for cafes, restaurants, and restaurants were already adapting prior to this outbreak where they were, you know, allowing people to order from home and uh, there was a lot of home delivery. Now, I think that should ramp up, but I think that industries in that space should, as much as possible, improve their hygiene standards and they should post images of their workers wearing face masks whilst preparing food, you know, with gloves on. Now, it is those images that will instill confidence for people to start ordering from those establishments. So I don't want us to return to uh, what we considered normal because for some cafes and restaurants, what normal was not good enough for hygiene practices. And I've witnessed some restaurants and cafes that I've walked into and I always ask to have a look at a kitchen Uh, you know, for the very first few times that I visit a restaurant. If you want to know how good a restaurant is, ask to to view the kitchen. I've owned restaurants in the past and I know what is strict hygiene measures. So restaurants who want a point of difference can come back stronger than ever before. Cafes can come back stronger than ever before by publicising 
the strict hygiene standards that they are now enforcing. Now, I'm not going to run through every industry because every industry has its own nuances and has its own challenges. But if you are an owner of any industry, now's the time for you to sit down and do some scenario planning. And, you know, in this context, doomsdaying is a good thing. You know, I tell people to stay away from doomsdaying for their own emotional health. And yes, that's certainly good when it comes to your, you know, doomsdaying about health, uh, you know, and how many people are going to die and all these doomsdaying about the virus and how many people it's going to kill. But when it comes to business health, doomsdaying is a good thing. Think of the worst case scenario and work backwards from that. And that's how you will survive in business. But now is more than ever, your customers are expecting a higher standard. You need to be so good in whatever you're doing and to bring the customers over to your side. Now, you need to have extreme empathy to designing, you know, customer experiences and the customer journey. You know, again, in any industry, whether it's banking, whether it's real estate or mortgage broking or hospitality or tourism, this is forcing you out of your complacency bubble. This is forcing you to sink or swim. And, you know, this is natural selection, business natural selection uh, in action. So, yes, will some businesses not survive? Absolutely. But they're the businesses that didn't deserve to survive. Now, of course, and these are the businesses that have not pivoted. And look, I, I can tell you there's some restaurants in Sydney that I love visiting and they have pivoted. They're delivering, you know, pre-prepared boxes for people to cook at home. They're delivering top quality food at strict hygiene standards to people. That's building confidence in their brand. So I'm sorry, like I'm coming across as a very, you know, hard edge, very conservative, very right wing approach to this topic. But there are, of course, businesses that have been impacted through no fault of their own that are being helped by the government. And I think that this is a time that the government should be helping those businesses. And I have to say that I'm in complete admiration for our government in Australia, both at the state and federal level, who have been precise and surgical in the way they've supported uh, business in Australia to make sure that the businesses that are most vulnerable are being helped and that the members of our society that are most vulnerable are being helped. Uh, so this is no time really for politics and this is no time for anyone to hate on, you know, our prime minister or our premier. I am uh, definitely a person that does not play politics, but I can tell you that I'm absolutely super impressed, especially by our prime minister, uh, Scott Morrison, who has worked tirelessly and who has come up with measure after measure, day after day. And we really have to show some empathy as citizens for our leaders uh, who are showing grit and determination and courage and putting their own health, you know, aside to lead our, you know, to lead our country out of this. And I'm so proud to be Australian at the moment, to seeing the measures that we're taking and people coming together, helping one another, you know, across all communities. There are Facebook groups of people helping each other. And I, I think that's that's absolutely fantastic. So returning to the area of work, what else can you do? Well, I'm urging everyone to stick by their staff and as much as possible, hang on to the, especially their staff that have been with them for a long time and 
to pull together during this time, whatever it takes. Now, I'm not saying to do that to bring the business down to, you know, to compromise on business profitability because you can't survive as a business. But it may mean that staff, you know, in a business all uh, cut their salaries to help, you know, the business hang on to other staff. Uh, it may mean people taking leave from work and working in other industries during this time because there are other industries that need more and more workers and we shouldn't be afraid if you're an employee out there to pivot and reinvent yourself in the short term to survive, to making an income. This isn't a time for anyone to send the message of, oh, you must love what you do and you know do what you're passionate about. I'm sick and tired of listening to this message from, you know, well-intentioned motivational gurus out there who tell us to you must do what you love. Well, we have a choice to love what we do as well. And we have a choice to honor the privilege of working and making an impact. You know, whether it's sweeping the floor at Woolworths or doing that job that, you know, the media tells us is glamorous and is fantastic. Now is not the time to be precious about the job. I know in my business, I've had to roll my sleeve up and I'm doing absolutely anything and everything to keep the business going. So no job is beneath anyone. And I hope this is a wake-up call for millennials, especially, who you know have been raised in this environment to pursue what they're told is their passion and to look down on certain jobs as beneath them. And that's not to say that I'm telling you to give up on your dreams. No, your dreams isn't just about your work. Your dreams is also about your way of life. Your dreams should not be about having a particular title, you know, or an image out there to be be something famous and to be, you know, to have hundreds of followers. We're all caught up with this obsession to be famous on social media. We all want to be an influencer. Well, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being a follower. There is absolutely nothing wrong uh, when it comes to work, to, to doing any job, to making money that helps support you and your family. Because your wealth isn't about, you know, this notion of you being famous or this notion of doing what you love. Your wealth comes from having great health. Your wealth comes from having a great loving relationship. Your wealth comes from your family and having a functional family unit. Your wealth comes from your friendships and having a great social life. You know, reading a book under a tree is your wealth. Having the ability to taste food and, you know, and feel the warmth of sunshine is your wealth. Living in a secure country where we have an abundance of fruit and vegetables or free healthcare, that is your your wealth. And I think this coronavirus is forcing us to rethink what our wealth is. And I know a lot of people are cancelling subscriptions that they don't need. Uh, are being more frugal about things. You know, my message is don't return to pre-coronavirus ways of living and spending. Don't, because that was not a return to normal. That is a return to abnormal. What we are doing now is normal. And how we should move forward in the future, we should hang on to these beautiful new lifestyle routines that we are developing as a way of normal. Let's move on to the tree of learning. Um, and I sort of touched on the tree of friendship within the context of, you know, we need to socialize more. In fact, before I get onto the tree of learning, let's one more point on the tree of friendship. The tree of friendship for me represents belonging. 
And belonging is having a strong social network. Now, Dr. Guy Winch has given so many beautiful tips and so many articles on his website. So I urge you to go onto his website, which is simply guywinch.com and return to, you know, the time where socializing, you know, did not need lavish spending in restaurants. Socializing did not mean, you know, lavish holidays or owning lavish luxury cars. And, you know, look, I'm not against those things. But in a time like this, I can tell you, friends that I know that have all those luxury things, it means nothing to them. And for those of you who don't have these luxury items, let that be a message that these are the things that don't count. You know, socializing is very simple. Socializing is pure company. It's talking to one another. It's listening to one another. And how fortunate, how grateful are we to live at a time where social isolation does not mean isolation because we have video conferencing. You know, we can talk to people. I'm actually talking to my mother a lot more than what I did before because I'm more conscious of the fact that she's isolated. And the reality is she was previously isolated, but now that message really has driven home to me that she is genuinely alone. So I'm, you know, video conference. We are having dinner at home and we're having uh, her by video conference with her eating at home as well. We didn't do that before. Before was abnormal. This is the new normal. And I love this new normal. And we need to stick with that. So socializing, uh, you know, by social media, by video conferencing, in any, any way, shape or form, because we have a lot more time in our day, uh, we should be socializing a lot more. And let's hang on to that. When we come out of this coronavirus, you know, let's hang on to this beautiful way that we are socializing in person or face-to-face via video conferencing. The need to socialize is a fundamental human need that we have been missing. And because we've been missing socializing in our life, we've lost the ability to have fun. You know, we've lost the ability to be funny, to be charming, to be witty. There was a time I remember when I was younger, my parents used to socialize a lot. And the people that socialized, they they told stories that were quite funny. They they knew how to be funny. They knew how to be fun. And I feel like we've lost that. And a lot of people blame technology. And Yes, the new generation know how to be funny, you know, on technology, but get them face to face and they lose that ability to be witty and charming. There is an element of that. But I think the main reason why we've lost the ability to have fun is because we are doing too much in our day. If you don't follow Carl Honore, you know, go to social media and follow his posts, read his books and praise of slow. And this message that he has been saying over the last you know, 10, 20 years is really driving it home right now with this coronavirus. We need to slow down. And when we slow down and we have more time, we need to spend that time socializing more together. So please, please don't return to abnormal. The tree of friendship needs to be climbed higher every day. And so I hope I've said enough when it comes to the tree of friendship. And look, this this message to you is totally unstructured. And I apologize if this conversation is in a non-linear fashion, but I've been processing all these thoughts over the last few weeks as we deal with the coronavirus. 
and I process all my thoughts across the eight areas of my life, how it's impacting our health, our love life, our family, our work life, our friendships. So I've been going through each one of these aspects of our life or elements to our life. So the sixth one that I want to talk to you about is a tree of learning because that is a fundamental human need for us to grow. And without learning, we cannot grow. So how are we learning at the moment? We are learning online. We are reading a lot more. We are watching a lot more things. We are learning from one another. And so my message to you is we are learning much more now than we did before because of this social isolation, because we have less segues of driving, of you know, of walking, of doing things. We are doing less, so we are saving more time. And a lot of us are using this time to actually learn a lot more things. But my message to you is this. Please, please don't learn from the news media. I'm not against the media, and I have a lot of friends who have jobs in the media, and I want them to keep their jobs. But there is a limit, and news media is designed to generate fear. Because fear is a great motivator for you to keep listening. And it's an addiction. And at the end of the day, all news media is funded by advertising. So my message to you is spend, you know, five minutes in the day to get your news. But the rest of your time should be spent on life education. So my message for the tree of learning is this. And the message from the coronavirus is what do we want to return to? You know, when people say, I wonder, oh, I can't wait when things get back to normal. When it comes to the tree of learning, what is normal? Before, before this coronavirus, a lot of us were obsessed with entertainment. I don't have anything against entertainment. I love watching comedies. It's the last thing in the day to make me go to sleep happy. You know, it's, it's great for emotional well-being. But I think that our normal now and into the future and the message from this coronavirus is that we should spend less on entertainment and more on life education and preferably watching life education or listening or reading to life education, which is entertaining. You know, one of the reasons why our community loved Dr. Guy Winch at Upgrade Your Life at all four you know, sessions that he delivered from the stage were not only highly educational, but they were beautifully entertaining because of his wit and his uh, unique sense of humor. So my message to you is that less entertainment, when I say entertainment, I mean, you know, reality TV, uh, you know, shows on, you know, fictional shows of this and that, that stuff does not really add much value to your life, you know, whereas life education does. When I say life education, I mean, things that will improve your health, things that will improve your relationship. You know, this is uh, things that will improve your family, your work life. Listening to, uh, you know, a lecture on artificial intelligence, for example, that's that's life education because it's about work. That's why I love, you know, platforms like TED. And one of the things that we're doing at a higher branch and was in our plans to launch next year was a higher branch TV, which was going to be a portal where people can come and listen and read and watch life education in an entertaining way. And the reason why we're doing that, uh, for a couple of reasons, one is because we think that life education is the way of the future. People are waking up. And now with the coronavirus, they're waking up more. And 
paying more attention to live education and less attention to entertainment. And that's what I think the way of the future will be. And if you're a person that is obsessed with, you know, binge watching TV, who's listening to me right now saying, oh, Sam, seriously, what a horrible message you're sending me. You're making me feel inadequate. Well, I'm sorry, but in the future, you're going to have to compete with people who are, you know, listening, watching, reading information on nutrition, on exercise, on sleep, on relaxation, you know, listening to experts and thought leaders on how to improve their life. Now, if you're going to be competing against these people in business, if you're an employer or, you know, uh, for a job or a promotion, then you're not doing yourself a favor by watching dribble on TV and by watching less entertainment and listening, reading and watching more life education, then you're adding value to yourself. And the more value you add to yourself, the more in demand you're going to be by your customers, by your employer, whatever it is that you're doing in your life is going to be more attractive to others. Now, sorry to deliver that message, but that's the reality. So on the tree of learning, that's all I'm going to say is that please spend more of your time actually on life education, less on entertainment. And uh, I hope you stay with us on that journey because we are so dedicated to, uh, you know, bringing you valuable content that will make an impact in your life. And again, on that point, please don't return to abnormal because what people are thinking is returning to normal pre-coronavirus wasn't serving humanity and we need to change our way of life. And I think that this coronavirus is an absolute gift. Yes, it's an absolute gift. It might sound like a cliche, you know, people when they say, oh, turn a negative into a positive. Well, absolutely. That is the message right here because it is a gift for us to heed the lessons. It is a gift for us to reduce our carbon footprint. It is you know, a message for us to reduce our consumerism, reduce our consumption, reduce our materialism, reduce our addiction to technology in a way that was hurting our relationships. And what a beautiful wake-up call. You know, I believe that you can make your own change or have a change thrust upon you. Now, I believe that this is now thrusting change upon us. And a lot of people will pivot and will make sure that their life improves as a result. Now, let's look at the seventh area of life, and that is the tree of wealth. And, you know, everything we've been talking about really up until now, when I say the eight areas of life, I don't mean them in isolation. These eight areas of life, there's a symbiotic relationship between eight of them. So when you say, you know, what is the tree of wealth is all about? Well, your wealth is in each of the other seven areas. So you need to define your wealth, not in monetary terms. You know, I always say the rich get richer, but the wise get wealthier. You need to be wise when it comes to your wealth. And my message here is be frugal. I'm not saying be tight to a point where it's, you know, choking off your enjoyment of life. Look, I've been blessed with you know, a great source uh, of income and a living. And I've worked very, very hard on that for over 30 years. But we are growing our own vegetables. You know, we we have chickens. Now, you may not be in a position where you can grow your own vegetables and, and have chickens. I'm not saying to go to that extreme, but in your own way, I'm sure if you sat down and really thought about your expenses column, 
you know, there's two ways to make money. One is to increase your income, but the other way is to actually reduce your expenses. And, you know, cooking more at home reduces your expenses. You know, reading a book instead of going to the movies. Well, there is no movies at the moment. But again, when we when this coronavirus is over, do we really want to return to abnormal? Do we really want to return to abnormal way of spending? And I think it was abnormal. When you see lineups, you know, a lineup of people waiting to get into Gucci, that is abnormal. And that is driven by emotional triggers that are abnormal for us. It is driven by our need to attract attention, to be famous, to, uh, you know, to stand out. And that is, that is not normal. It's, you know, consumerism, materialism is feeding our ego. Now, I leave it for you to define your own wealth, but I urge you to cycle through the other areas of life and say, well, you know, is being healthy, is that your wealth? Your kids don't care whether you're driving in a Toyota or a Mercedes when they're getting from A to B. And when I say your kids, if you have kids under the age of eight who are too young to have been swept up by the consumerism and the materialism of this world, you know, they don't care about those things. Their happiness isn't created from those things. Their happiness comes from the interaction with you. Their happiness comes from play. Their, their happiness comes from making things, creating things and looking at it and saying, oh, wow, I created that. And when it comes to your wealth and if you have a job or if you have a business, I know a lot of business owners, the successful ones, they don't define their wealth by how much money they have in the bank account. They define their wealth at work by the impact that they're having, by the creativity by the innovation, the innovative new digital products that is making things faster, better, cheaper for their customers. Now, that's that's real wealth. But ironically, it's those people that end up making a good, decent living. So whether you have $10 million in your bank account, $1 million, or $1,000 in your bank account, I promise you that wealth is not measured by the amount of money that you have because we live in a country that supports us. And you can enjoy yourself, whether you go to a restaurant as a family of four and spend $300, or whether you go to the farmer's market, buy $30 worth of food and cook together, play together, clean up together, and you know play a board game together after that. There's absolutely no difference in what the wealth generated by those two different scenarios. So Please heed the warning that this, you know, coronavirus restrictions is doing for our life. It's forcing us to actually redefine what normal is. And please don't ignore that message because it is a beautiful gift. And the only way to, to really, you know, uh, open up the metaphorical gift box is to be conscious of these things. And I hope that over the last few minutes that we've spent together that I've created or triggered some thoughts for you to actually open up that metaphorical gift box and take a good look inside. And what's inside really is our messages for the eight areas of your life that you need to reimagine, that you need to redefine, and you need to redesign. Now is the time for you to open up your journal 
and redesign what your life is going to look like as these restrictions are lifted on our mobility, as the restrictions are lifted on the way we live our life. And I promise you that if you redesign how you live and redefine your wealth, then you're going to come out of this stronger, you're going to come out of this happier, and you're going to come out of it with a beautiful new message for the next generation. Because ultimately, we are here to pass down our wisdom to the next generation. On that note, thank you so much for listening to me. I hope that I've honored you with some valuable information. And uh, until next time, stay well and live consciously. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things a higher branch and with the latest information from our incredible faculty of members and contributors, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you'd like to watch things, then head on over to our YouTube channel by the same name, a higher branch, and subscribe to that also. And if you want to go onto our mail list where you will receive even more special premieres and some really special offerings, head on over over to ahigherbranch.com and sign up to our mail list where you will receive a free copy of my ebook Guide to Greatness but you will also be on the mail list to be the first to receive a copy of my next book The Circle of Conscious Living which is due out later this year anyway thank you again for listening and I hope to be with you next time